making brands and sales of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K-Talk. On K-Talk. Good evening to the listeners of Cape Talk. It's just past 9pm on Thursday night on Cape Talk and you're tuned in to a new show, The Business of Entertainment, with me, your host, Martin Myers. I look forward to welcoming you into my world of the business of entertainment for the next 30 minutes. We bring in guests to have a fireside chat to talk about what they are doing in the business side of entertainment to inspire us all. If you have never tuned in, this is about the business side of the entire entertainment space for the next 30 minutes. You can always WhatsApp us on 072-567-1567 or you can tweet us at Cape Talk. You can tune in as you're doing on 567am or DSTV channel 885. And my great guest this evening is an eminent media professional based in Cape Town, Jason Curtis, who had the good fortune to do some work with Dr. Trevor Jones. So hence him coming in third in this series that we're doing on Cape Talk, The Business of Entertainment. So Jason, it's a very warm welcome to the Cape Talk studios. Good evening. Delighted to have you. Yeah, thank you. For thank people who are my age and older, they might even remember Top 40 magazine. Yes, yeah, that was where I started, basically, um, back in 1991, so that makes me 104. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was 1991. I, was, I started freelancing for them. I started writing uh, short reviews, which I loved because I, it meant that I had access to this thing that I loved so much, which was music, because I couldn't afford to buy it but then all of a sudden I started getting sampled by the likes of you and uh, that journey is actually still it, I'm still on that journey um, it's, it's, it's incredibly relevant because you happen to be the third third person lucky um, you know to come on after two enormous weeks of Dr. Trevor Jones and you've had the good fortune of meeting him and talking off air mm. you mentioned something quite profound to me which I'd like you to repeat because I think it carries very nicely into the conversation that we're going to have this evening on Cape Talk. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, I had the good fortune of being introduced to the, the good Dr. Trevor Jones 10 years ago, and you reminded me of that uh, when you first uh, did that introduction. And uh, over the last 10 years, obviously, I've gotten to know uh, the man, and uh, he and my children know him too as uh, the gentle giant. And, um, no, it's just been an absolute privilege. And I think, you know, part of your campaigning uh, around uh, promoting um, his extraordinary body of work and the fact that I'm now having to follow him is just you know insane because you know he is uh, he is a giant amongst men and uh, you've done an extraordinary job at promoting his his body of work which extends what 150 170 scores which obviously everyone would have heard last week about but um, just a wonderful warm, human being that I've learned so much from and who you've learned so much from. Is he, and, and this is the, the focus and the crux of, of this week's discussion, the pinnacle of, of, of success in South Africa? Mm. Because we seem to flounder along every now and again. We have these huge upsurges of something. Zakes Bantwini and uh, Vota Kellerman winning a, a, a Grammy Award. Then we have... Uh, the Sama Awards and something goes wrong and then we stumble somewhere else. Whereas the UK and, as I call it, internationally, they don't seem to stumble. And, and Trevor alluded to that in, in, in one of the discussions. 
he doesn't know what African time is and, mm. and things like that. Mm. Are mm. you finding that being a media specialist, particularly in the Western Cape, artists don't grasp that opportunity that's put in front of them to amplify the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you talk to consistency and that's what the UK, that's what America, that's what the rest of the the world does in this professional space where, yes, what we what we have is fits and starts, fits and starts. We have no, in, in, my, in my world, we talk about having a, a content plan and basically building a structure throughout the year of what you're going to be doing so that you can be consistent and that your, com- your campaigning uh, can benefit you as an artist or in any aspect of the entertainment economy where, you know, if it's a bit like going to university. You, you start the journey. You have to go through all of it to get the degree at the end. So you can't just do a little bit now, stop. Do a little bit now, stop. You look at some of the biggest names in music. If they're not making new music, they're on the road. And when they're not on the road, they're promoting something else or they're getting involved with a cause. And it's, it's, it's you know, as we always say, you know, make it, make, it the, make it your business to understand the business you're in. And what seems to happen is that the, there's not that level of discipline. Um, that is required in this industry because everybody thinks that the entertainment economy is all about rock and roll. Um, so you're out there to have a good time. When you talk about discipline, what is that discipline? Is it getting the emails answered, doing the press releases? Because everybody says, oh, my song is out. Mm. And then they sit and expect miracles to happen. They expect Cape Talk. They expect KFM all of a sudden to play it. And then when it doesn't get played, um, the moaning, to be yes. frank. Yes. And... Um, the narcissistic artist suddenly comes out and says, this is wrong and that's wrong. Instead of them going and looking at themselves yeah. deeply and saying, what didn't I do correctly? Well, I mean, I think you, I, the, the point you're making is it's about ownership. <clears throat> the thing is that, you know, in, back in the day, if an artist got signed to a label, all of that fell to somebody else. So you were weirdly spoiled. Um, and we can talk about the, the formal industry, you know, um, a little bit later. But... It's a case of ownership that especially the the growing number of independent artists in this country, um, you've got to understand every aspect. It's not only about the song. It's about making the investment. And we've done this at masterclasses where we've taken artists through this, that when you release any piece of work, whether it's a, a piece of art, a sculpture, anything that you are basically putting out for commercial, uh, you know, with commercial intent, is that you've... The, the writing, the heavy lifting, obviously, in an artist's mind is the, the song, but it's not. You've got to be able to construct the story. You've got to have a professional press release. You, you have to have a content plan and an intention so that you can focus on that to get to the end. But at the end of the day, the onus sits on the creative. It doesn't fall to Martin Myers. It doesn't fall to, you know, to Cape Talk. It falls to the artist to own it and drive it. And and are artists owning it? I mean, you've written and, and, and your CV is lengthy. I mean, you've written biographies and press releases for most of the major acts in South Africa. But do they come to you with a plan and an idea or is some of it just so naive that they say, okay, my song is here? Hmm. Look, I, I mean, you get that. I, I work with a lot of uh, developing artists, you know, young artists that are coming through 
you know, and and what I do with them, not only do I help produce the content that they need for their campaign, is that I teach them about the very industry that they're about to get into. And I worked with a with an artist recently um, by the name of Artilla, and um, her father comes from you know from from good music stock, but. The assumptions, there were so many assumptions. There were so many, oh, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. And like I always bang on about it is then find out. You know, the, the weird assumption that when you write a song or you produce something, like you said earlier, it's all just going to come together. Um, and it's not. It's a highly, highly, highly competitive environment. And it's becoming more and more and more so due to the fact that obviously everyone has access and we have a shorter attention span. Yes. I mean, newspapers are almost obsolete uh, in this country for, for all intents and purposes. I don't know when last I actually physically picked up a copy and read good copy uh, about anything um, music related. Mm. So how long are you pitching the press release or, 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 or the story for a producer like Brett who produces this show to go, hang on, this is interesting. We need to feature this person. Well, it's a three, it's a minimum of a three. And I'm talking about just releasing a, a song, not necessarily an album, but it does apply to an album. It's at least 90 days of consistent conversation around various aspects, picking up on the news agenda where you may be able to install yourself in that conversation and look at every opportunity along the way outside of that formal plan that you go, in week one, we're going to do this. In week two, we're going to do this. In week three, we're going to do that. And it's a... In, a traditional campaign for me is that that first month is just the push getting you know doing the pitching the stuff that you do getting it to radio it's then you then you go into the unpacking of the artist getting the, the artist on a show like this getting them in front of cameras getting them in front of their audience and then the th the third month month is celebrating that and then reinforcing that so you you never quite stop but you have to keep your ear to the ground to make sure that you can Again, install yourself in conversations where appropriate in order to amplify your work. I mean, I'm, I love um, tennis and I particularly love Wimbledon and I'm going to digress here, but it's, but it's an interesting observation. Um, I think it was last year or the year before. In the Royal Box and in that area was Tom Cruise. Consecutive days, dressed, waving at the crowd, signing autographs. And what was coming a couple of months later? Oh, yes, Maverick. He was doing the work. Hmm. He was getting to an audience that might not necessarily know who the man is. Hmm. He was getting copy on primetime television by the commentators saying, oh, he's done this, he's done that. And this is coming up. You can't buy that. You cannot buy that. Are we as... So creatives, South African creatives, not taking those type of opportunities. Nope. There's there's few. <laughs> when you mean there's few, <laughs> give us an example. I'm just trying to think of somebody who <clears throat> has done that extraordinarily well. Um, and it's typically, you know, without naming anyone, it's a case of going, you may be a specialist in a particular area. You may be a singer-songwriter. You may be a producer. But you look to the broader economy and you go, okay, where else can I add value? And again, it's a, it's a bit like what Tom Cruise did. You know, going to things that you don't necessarily feel that you want to. You don't necessarily want to be smiling at people. Um, but you do it because that's the contract. You, if you put yourself out into a commercial space where you're looking to monetize, 
and be a professional in that space, there's a lot of stuff in there that you're not necessarily going to love. I mean, I've, I've worked with local and international artists who hate doing interviews, but they understand that they've got to pitch up. And in certain cases, I mean, I'll cite a band like Radiohead, literally took out hotel, literally full hotels. <clears throat> and for two days, in every room, there was a different news agency set up, ready to go. And these guys worked tirelessly for 18 hours a day, going from one one interview into the next, out of this one, into the next. I've interviewed artists, international artists, who at three o'clock in the morning are happy to take my call because I happen to be halfway around the world. And the same is true of me, that I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning to interview Tom York or to interview Sheryl Crow or to interview Ed Sheeran because... That's the respect that's kind of um, required in order to function in this space. So, you you know, it doesn't matter how big or how small you are as an artist. Some of the biggest names in the world are the most polite, most professional. And again, go, let's go back to, to Dr. Trevor Jones. He's the man who pitches up two hours before he's due. He will well, go. He, he's, the, the he's, he's instilled in me, prepare or prepare to fail. Mm. So it, it's the, it's that level of professionalism, and I think you know to to your point, that's what's lacking. And it's a case of being lateral in your approach. Don't think that I'm only going to play Cape Town Stadium or I'm only going to play Grand West, and I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Again, so many international artists who are huge names today. Michael Bublé is a classic example, who cut his teeth professionally in this country, and then his career took off in the UK because he came here to get fit. And then he went there and his career just went. When you say fit, meaning musically fit in terms of performance, in terms of professionalism and everything around this every entertainment aspect, economy. Every aspect. Because basically what happened when Michael Bublé started his career, he um, his his debut album was, was released in South Africa before it was released anywhere else in the world. Because at that point, nobody knew who he, he was. But he made himself entirely available to South African media, South African audiences. And he built and, uh, well, he endeared himself to such a point that, you know, in South African numbers, he sold in excess of hundreds of thousands of records before he got on a plane. Because then he had a story in London to tell that going... This is where I started, and in a small market, in a small territory, I was able to release a platinum-selling debut album. Then, of course, the media in the UK sat up going, there must be something there. And so it just snowballed. But Michael Bublé kept going. He didn't you know, get to a point where he said, oh, I'm going to leave that to my publicist to do. I'm going to leave it to other people. Yes, as you grow, you have to increase the size of your team so that you can get to and honor all of the agreements that you have. If you're just tuning in, you're hearing the voice of Jason Curtis and myself, Martin Myers, and we're on Cape Talk every Thursday night talking about the business of entertainment. And if you'd like to weigh in on that conversation, the WhatsApp number is 072-567-1567. And we're on Twitter as well, at Cape Talk, or I'm on Twitter if you want to throw something at me, at Martin Myers, M-Y-E-R-S. And I think Jason Curtis is on Twitter as well, although every now and again he is dormant. What is that Twitter handle, Jason? That's uh, J.V. Curtis. Ah, there we go, J.V. Curtis. The business of entertainment every Thursday night on Cape Talk. But carrying on this conversation, there's so many fingers you can use to get the media out. I mean, get your information out to the media as, as, as an artist, as a performing artist. There's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's TikTok, there's LinkedIn, there's Instagram. And then some of them go... No, but I don't like Twitter. 
to my earlier points. It's like I don't like performing here or I don't like doing that. Then don't don't be in this business because that's what is required and that's where you don't know. As we always say, we go to events, we go to to invites, to things that we don't even necessarily know what it is, but we are in the room because you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know what you can walk away with. And every single time that you and I have gone to anything, we've walked away richer in some in some way, whether it was a piece of information, a chance meeting with somebody, or setting up a new business contract or whatever the case is. You've you got to do all of the stuff. It's not all fun. I'm sitting at home. I'm listening tonight. My daughter or son wants to get into the music business they've written a song what's what's the first one step you need to do to change your thursday night that the friday morning is different is it getting a biography ready speaking to a professional to write it having a story developing a blog what's that one first step to build a solid foundation well the the artist would 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 argue that it's it's the song. So I've created the song, so now therefore it is done. So my answer to you is, so what? Yeah, exactly. So the thing is, you have to convince anyone, certainly within a particular... You mean convince, convince a Brett? Yeah. yeah. Convince, a producer. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? You build a story. You create a profile. Because I don't know who Brett is. I don't know his story. I don't know where he comes from. And you know, right now, lovely man, I can see that. Um, but I don't know him. So... The, I have to get to know him. Um, and the only way that I can do that when I'm sitting in my bedroom, you know, in Claremont, is that, as you say, you've got a plethora of platforms and opportunities, but you need to package and present that content per platform. Because on LinkedIn, you do it one way. On Facebook, you do it another. On Instagram, you do it another. But there is absolutely no excuse for anyone to not be successful if, to, to answer your question, you have a strategy. And you go, yeah, but I'm not a strategist, I'm a musician. Is, the, is this a costly exercise to suddenly surround yourself with people because you've suddenly spent ten or 12,000 rand on this song hmm. that is your baby, but it's going nowhere? Yeah. You almost have to, and this is where people will go, oh, my word, you've got to spend the same amount of money, if not more, or be willing to, do that but you can work incredibly smartly if you just employ a likes of a martin myers who is a publicist and that's all you do from day one and you say martin i want to put you on a retainer for 90 days and i want you to build a campaign for me i want you to put a press release together and a bag for me i want you to help me build the foundation of what will eventually become a house you cannot how, do it alone within this story how important is performance Critical. in terms of going and doing a show whether it's at the alma cafe or whether it's doing something um busking on the waterfront very cleverly to to attract um media interest and putting a story around that with a hashtag or something like that thinking creatively Strange. how important is that it's critically important any opportunity that you get whether it's to busk on a street corner or whether it's to play at the vna um you take every opportunity we know artists, I mean, Dylan Red is a classic example, who a small gig opportunity came up a couple of months ago, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind us telling, you know, telling the audience where it was for pick and pay. And you're like going, but I'm a rock star, you know, I'm a professional musician. Now I'm going to go and work for a retailer, you know, 
and you, but he did it. And he, I think initially he was, you know, he was going, I'm not sure. And I said, listen, go. Who's going to be there? Shoppers are going to be there. You don't know who those shoppers are. That that one of those shoppers who happened to walk past, maybe a, a record ex- exec. He could be a, a an owner of a of a key business. You just don't know. So you take every gig you can get, especially when you're starting out, and you you dare not be picky, because think about it. You're either going to be rehearsing in your bedroom, or you could be rehearsing in a room and getting paid something, whether it's 50 rand or it's 500 rand or if it's 5,000 rand. It's a rehearsal and every day, every day is a rehearsal. Every day should be a rehearsal. What am I, what am I doing today? What am I gonna do differently today? And then we're in a position where we have access to all of the analytics of what we are doing in real time, all the time. And then if it's, if, it, if it's me as an artist or it's you interrogating that going, oh, I see we're getting some traction here, but you know we still don't have traction here and we want traction there, you can, again, adapt your strategy accordingly. I've got a quick, quick story to, to wrap up, which I think sums up really nicely what we've talked about th- this week. Um, Dan Schout, saxophonist, height of COVID, artists couldn't play. Mm put out a lovely story on Facebook and Instagram playing opposite the Winchester mansions. Mm. I went there. They were earning during COVID. Bear in mind, this was on a Friday afternoon when the weather was good. And if it wasn't good, they weren't gigging. Each musician anywhere between two and two and a half thousand rand a musician. Mm. And there were three of them and they were some of the top musers in Cape Town. I saw it, contacted the Sunday Times, one of the main main photographers there. He came and took pictures there. Next minute, I think it was front page Sunday Times. That was front page of of the Cape Times. Yeah. 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 And and it ran. And and that was an artist being clever. Yes. And again, not it, he wanted to play. He hadn't played for the longest time. And he thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this because of COVID. But I can do this. Now, and, where is that happening nowadays? It's, it's again, you know, this is the point that we were uh, talking about earlier. Is it's, I always get a sense, and it, it, unfortunately, it's, it's happening more and more, where there's more radio silence than there is noise. So you get these little pockets. And again, it's around, it's seasonal it's around, you know, at different uh, times of the year where you'll get suddenly everyone's gigging and, you know, that everyone's doing a, a festival and then it goes silent again. And those are the moments when as an artist or any kind of creative, those are the moments when you can fill that space because you're not competing with any internationals coming in. You're not competing with a lot of other events. Um, you've got this golden opportunity to go, there's nothing happening in this space. So let me install myself in that conversation. You do it often where you haven't been invited to Cape Talk, but you will phone in, you will have an opinion, and you'd manage to land your story. Again, that's, that's media you cannot buy, and it's invaluable. So it's really about, I think in summing up, it's about you know thinking laterally and embracing every opportunity you can get and leave your airs and graces and all of that other stuff at the door. I can see someone sitting at home going, yes, but Martin and Jason, um, you're talking about this and for the last two weeks you had Dr. Trevor Jones on. I'd only heard of him because I happened to tune in. Mm. And the point I'd like to make, and, 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 and I defer to you for an answer here, is Dr. Trevor Jones didn't need the man in the street to know about him. They weren't, as we call, the check signers. Yeah. He's working with 
Hollywood film studio. So he needed the producers, the, the directors, the actors. That, um, how can I say, grouping of people, that microcosm of society mm. that is ensconced in Hollywood to know about him. Mm. But an artist who's looking for commercial success needs everybody. Mm. Everyone, because you just don't know. So don't assume. Assumption, as they say. I'll leave the rest out. Is the mother of all, yes. and we know what the rest is. <laughs> exactly. So, no, absolutely. I, I think, you know, just to, to, to wrap it up, I think it's a, it, it's a question of if you're an artist, even if you're a developing and, or developed artist, there's, you know, Trevor gets up every day, he combs his hair, brushes his teeth. He doesn't need to. He didn't need to be on Cape Talk, but he committed to it because he was curious and he's, he is passionate about sharing because he wants to to help improve the industry and, and help anyone who's willing to listen. So, no, you pitch up, comb your hair, brush your teeth, and do the work. Do we, do we listen enough as creatives? Do we understand that when someone is criticizing you, they're not necessarily criticizing Jason Curtis, they're criticizing the creative that is Jason Curtis. You almost wear two skins. Hmm. There's the creative, and the person that's home to your son and family and that. Am mm, I correct? Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, you cannot be precious when you're a professional. Professional implying you're getting paid. So if if I'm wanting to get paid by you because you've paid me to see me perform, that entitles me to an opinion about your performance. And if I go, I don't think it was particularly great, you can't take offense because that's the contract. It's a case of I bought the right to have an opinion. Whether I take it on board, it's the same when I write something. Somebody would go, you know, this this piece didn't quite grab me. They, they, they're entitled to that opinion. I may d disagree with them, but they bought the right to it because they bought the publication that I was published in that I got paid for. You cannot be precious. Someone like Trevor, not precious because he's a professional and he understands the contract. We're talking the entertainment economy, the business of entertainment with my dear guest this evening, Jason Curtis. And as we close off, it's also about music. What are you listening to? <laughs> what are you listening to? What, the what's, voices what's, in what, my head. What, what, that's a song. That's a that's a, a police song, Voices in My Head. I think there was a song by the police, yes, Voices that, in My Head. Yes, um, what, 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 are, what are you rotating on Spotify? What are you finding interesting? It's it's actually quite tragic, Martin. The, the only music that I'm listening to at the moment is with clients that I'm working with because um, I, I, I typically listen to a lot of, yeah, we're all doing a lot of streaming. Um, so I'm a kid, a kid. <laughs> Uh, from the 80s uh, and that was where my where my passion is so I I, I tend to uh, it's like a, a a Wurlitzer of sorts where I'm going through I'm reliving my misspent youth everything from the 80s 90s and nulls um, because a lot of the interviews that I've done with whether it's Coldplay or REM or um, Joe Strummer or whoever it was over the years every time I'm um, I'm listening back to these interviews that I did then I go and listen to the music so um, new music, I'm just embarrassing, not listening to much new music. It's all legacy. Where do we change that new music in terms of, is it going back and listening to this conversation again and realizing, oh, I haven't dotted the I and crossed the T to oh. get the attention of a Brett, a Jason Curtis, mm. a Martin Myers, and anybody else who's sitting and listening this evening mm. and going, hang on, this is really interesting. I want to go and see them or I want to read up more about it. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the, the music industry is making as much money as they were 15 years ago for the first time ever because of catalog. And catalog is king. So, um, you know, even if you're a particular new artist, referencing, you know, bands that you're inspired by can only feed you, can only help you uh, be more creative. You speak to any artist, they're all inspired by someone, whether it was Dylan or, you know, uh, the Rolling Stones or whoever it was. Um, yeah. I mean, to close off, look who's coming to the country in the next couple of a couple of weeks and months. You've got UB40 coming here. You've, got, you've got Brian Adams coming here, and on and on a global scale, um, Hyde Park. For those of you who know London, in in summer, um, it's British summertime. Um, they take over Hyde Park. There's a, a huge concert promoter that does that. There's two nights of of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Now Bruce Springsteen is is over seventy. I think he's he's seventy two. If I mm, if I if right. I speak um, yes. correctly, sort of same age as Sting. And they've sold out two nights. That's fifty five thousand people north of that. Then yeah. you've got U two doing a a, um, a show at, at the Sphere in Chicago. In, yeah. No, at the Sphere in in Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas a a purpose built okay. venue yeah. celebrating Achtung Baby thirty years, and they've just added a whole plethora mm. of of new dates. So mm. so catalog is king, and and the industry is booming. Mm. And long may it continue to boom, and we'll keep booming with fantastic stories on the business of entertainment every Thursday night from nine p.m. on Cape Talk. Have a glorious week. Thank you. Making brands and sense of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K Talk. On K Talk.